in today's fast-paced and busy world, isn't it really cool when you go to the mailbox and you get a handwritten note from someone that you love? That brightens my day. I don't know about you. And so what I've begun to do is to regularly write words of encouragement and cards to people that I love. And I want you to do the same. If you're so inclined, I use a wonderful brand of cards and stationery called EncourageEverybody.com. The folks there are producing a wonderful, high-quality stationery that is so simple, but it is very profound. The line of cards that I use most frequently uh, have a phrase and a saying on them, This word made me think of you. And on one side, it just simply has a, a powerful word like strong or friend or kind. And I love to write these cards. And so I encourage you to get on their website. It's called EncourageEverybody.com. They have created a promo code for listeners of our show. So anyone, uh, if you go to their website, types in CHARLIE20, all capital letters, CHARLIE20, will receive 20% off on their order. Go check it out. It's a wonderful company, a small business, a faith-based business that's looking to make a difference in the world, and I love those products. Thanks. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23 encapsulates our entire Christian walk. In verse 2, David explains what God is doing in his life. He writes, he makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters. This psalm is written in a Hebrew poetry and it uses a literary device known as a parallelism. This is where two lines or phrases of a verse are containing one idea or thought. It's where the second line builds on the first. And each of these two lines reveals a key aspect of what God is presently doing in David's life and for the Christian in our lives. Hey, it's Charlie, and this is the Encouragers United Podcast. Thanks so much for the wonderful feedback a few of you have given me from last week's episode. If you didn't catch my previous episode, uh, last week I unpacked just the first verse from this wonderful and popular psalm 
23. In verse 1, David says, The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. I encourage you to go back and listen in on that real soon. It will set the stage for the next few verses and episodes as we walk through this wonderful piece of Scripture. Now, moving on to the next verse, we get a window into the provision that Jesus, as our good shepherd, the Lord, gives us the feeding and the leading that he does in our lives. All sheep need a shepherd, right? A sheep without a shepherd is lost and exposed to all kinds of danger. Sheep really have very poor sense of direction. They don't have the ability to care for themselves very well. They're easily frightened by the slightest little disturbance, and they're constantly dependent upon someone, a shepherd, to meet their every need. And similarly, we are like sheep, and we are in need of a shepherd, and that's Jesus. We need him to make us lie down in green pastures. Otherwise, we'll be restless and empty. We need him to lead us beside those still quiet waters. And if not, we're going to be stressed and weary and tired. We're probably going to get ourselves into a lot of trouble. You know, I heard a funny story once about sheep. There are a lot of them. But when sheep are thirsty, they tend to just run right up to water and literally stick their whole heads into the water. They're so thirsty. But even if they run up to a raging river with a strong current, they're going to stick their whole head right into the river and promptly lose their balance, fall into the water, and be swept on down the current. <laughs> I can just see that happening, right? Bah! Help me! No forethought, not much wisdom, just instinct. But you and I have to admit that we're probably like that sometimes too. I know I don't often think ahead very well sometimes. In fact, that's... Uh, most of what my prayer life is like most days. Lord, help me to think ahead better. And if I don't, Lord, please be ahead of me and prepare those situations and protect me with pathways uh, so that I don't get myself in such big trouble. The first thing David says in verse 2 is he says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. David confesses that in the midst of this hectic pace of life, with all of its pressures and stresses and activities, that the Lord makes him to lie down in green pastures. You see, that's the choicest and richest place that a sheep can lay down and graze. But God makes him lay down. And for me, these green pastures could represent God's word, right? Much like the grass in that pasture, the scripture is full of nutrients and nourishment for our souls. And the lush meadows of biblical truth that we find in the Bible are vibrant. They're never withered or wilted. It's this uh, spiritual food that gives David and us this inward strength and the nourishment and satisfaction that we need. How does God make David and us lie down? If you've ever tried to force a sheep to do something, like I said last week, that's pretty difficult to do. But I think 
that the Lord Jesus accomplishes forcing us, making us to lay down in two ways. One way is, is an internal force and the, and the other is an external force. First and foremost, I believe there's an internal uh, force that's working here inside our souls. Inside David's soul, God creates a spiritual hunger for that sustenance. You know, his word, just like a sheep gets hungry, just like any animal gets hungry, God can generate an appetite for his food, right? This soul food for us. Back in Deuteronomy, Moses wrote down, man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse three. And I remember that Jesus uses this same phrase when he's faced with the temptation from Satan. You remember that? Jesus was so hungry out in the wilderness when he first started and was about to begin his ministry. And the devil says, well, if you're the son of man, just change these rocks into bread. And Jesus pulls out scripture here and he quotes Moses's writing back in Deuteronomy. Man does not live by bread, but man lives by everything, every word that comes out of the mouth of God. We must eat, we must feed on the scriptures every single day. Do you sense this hunger within you for the word of God, for his wisdom? I can tell you, if you've been a Christian for very long, how sweet the scripture is to us as a believer. Um, the law, the precepts, the teachings of God. David writes about them in other places in the Psalms also. Like if we look back to Psalm 19, verse 10, David himself writes, he writes this, they, meaning the precepts and the, and the instructions of God, they are more desirable than gold. Yes, then much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the drippings of honeycomb. You can never have enough of God's word and it is more valuable than gold and it is more sweet and uh, pleasant than any dessert, right? But God puts the Holy Spirit within us as believers and that causes us to crave his teaching and his statutes that comes through uh, really strong in this verse. If you're a true believer, if you're one of the sheep of God's pasture, then God is presently at work inside your life. And he's weaning you off this barren and stubbly, weak grass that the world has to offer. There's not much nutrition. There's not much sustenance in this dry and weary place called, you know, the world. But he's causing you and me to lie down in rich green pastures because we have a desire for his word and his teaching. I also observe here that David describes these green pastures in the plural, not just one green pasture, which he leads the flock. Instead, it's a vast expanse of many, many pastures. Think about that. There is an, a, an abundant supply of pictures of the sufficiency of the word of God to meet all of our spiritual needs in scripture. Here, we find the rich reservoir of truth contained in scripture, and it's able to satisfy every hunger within us. 
There's far more food in these lush grasslands than his sheep, us, will ever be able to eat and consume. Now, secondly, I think there's external forces that God can use to cause us to lay down in those green pastures. And these are divinely set times of trials and tribulations and problems that come our way. And I'm telling you, I believe God uses these times to humble us, to bring us to our knees, so to speak. We're in weak times sometimes. When we face tough things, we turn to his word and we cling to the promises that sustain us, right? These storms of life can lead us to lie down in green pastures because of that stress, because of that external trouble. And you know, in the biblical times, shepherds would leave, lead and move their sheep through dry and barren desert lands where water and food was very scarce. And that scarcity created a hunger and a thirst for green grass and still water. Do you see that the good shepherd Jesus is working in your life to create a greater hunger for him in your heart? Is he using a time of adversity or trouble or stress to draw you back to those green pastures? In his word, you're going to find the rest for your soul. Now, following it up in the second line of the verse, David says, he leads me beside still waters or quiet waters. And as a, as a stream flows through a pasture, I want you to think about that in your mind. There's these narrow spaces where the rocks may cause the water to kind of back up. And those pools tend to be really still and quiet. And that is where the shepherd would lead his flock. Right? There's no danger of getting swept away in a river, right? He doesn't guide them to where the swift currents will make the sheep scared or, or sweep them away. They will be able to drink and they will rest by the still cool uh, water. Also, the water, as it pools up, all of the like solids in it will drop out the silt, right? So that water is clear, it's cool, it's pure. Brings his flock to the places where the water is safe, where it's peaceful, and it's nourishing. With this analogy, David states that God is leading him to perfect peace, right? Don't we just love to sit beside a still, calm body of water? Even when the circumstances around us are raging, especially for King David and all that he's been through, all that he went through. King David possessed a God-given tranquility in his heart that only God could give him. I want to take you to the Gospel of John. In chapter 14, Jesus says this. He, he makes a promise. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. That's John 14, verse 27. Jesus, our good shepherd, he leads us to experience his supernatural peace. And that is truly something that the world can never give us. David obviously experienced this perfect peace inside his heart. It was much like when the Apostle Paul describes, uh, he, he writes about a 
a peace that surpasses all understanding, right? That's Philippians in chapter four, verses six and seven. Let me read it for you. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made to known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This peace comes to our hearts as we commit ourselves and our concerns to God in prayer. And you know, on the outside, our turbulent life, the circumstances may be raging like a storm, but on the inside, we may know the peace that surpasses all human understanding. Have you ever met someone who has that strength? I know I have. I have some mentors who, no matter what has happened, they have a stability. They have a wisdom. They have a peace that really does surpass how we can even understand it. This is what we experience as we follow the Lord and nourish our souls with both prayer and by reading his word. I want to end here with you today to ask two very specific questions. And these are really important questions. I want you to take pause here and give them careful thought. First off, are you feeding on the word of God? Jesus urges us. He makes us lie down in green pastures. For me, that's to make time in the busyness, in the chaos of my days sometimes to be in scripture, to read the Bible. And that causes me to hunger for it even more. I want to read it. I want to study it. I want to memorize it. I want to meditate upon it, chew on it. You know, like a, like an animal chews a cud, right? You sometimes see a sheep or even a cow and it'll just chew and chew and chew. That's the kind of chewing that we need to do on God's word. And as we do that, it's going to satisfy and strengthen us like nothing else will. Are you doing that on a regular basis? Secondly, I want you to ask yourself the hard question. Are you truly following the leading of God? Are we, I, I, I don't want you to stray away from the good shepherd, right? Stay close to Jesus. This is one of the most repeated invitations that Jesus ever gave us. Um, he called Matthew in Matthew chapter nine. He said, come follow me. Um, he said to Peter, that's John chapter 21. He said, follow me to the other disciples. He pressed them. He said, follow me. He always is calling you and I in that same way. Come follow me. And the Lord will lead us to green pastures. And he will feed us with an abundance of nourishment for our souls from his Bible, from the word. He will lead us to those still peaceful waters. Give us a deep drink in the midst of trying and difficult days where we have stress and uncertainty, no sheep ever had a better shepherd than who we have in the Lord Jesus. You know, I hope this has encouraged you today. Next week, I want you to keep on reading because we're going to step into the, one of the shortest verses in the Bible, but one that is certainly for, full of this nourishing truth. It's Psalm 23, 3, and that simply reads, he restores my soul. 
You know, if you know someone who would benefit from this encouraging teaching and word today, I want you to feel free to share this episode with them. Also, if it's been helpful to you, keep in touch with me, reach out. I want you to connect with me on socials. I, I'm uh, Charles R. Grimes or the Encouragers United. Drop me an email or even leave a voice message on the website. You can read all about it at charlesrgrimes.com. I always love to hear from you. And as always, thanks for listening today. I hope you have a great day. May God bless you and your work in leadership and ministry wherever you go. Blessings. I want to tell you about a new project that I've just recently started here in, in the month of April of 2021. I've paired up with uh, a, a great man named Mr. Phil Ware. He is the author behind a website called verseoftheday.com. Verse of the Day and their line of products, devotionals, they're a wonderful tool that I've discovered. And so we've partnered up to produce the verseoftheday.com content in the form of a podcast. And so you can now search for what's called Verse a Day Podcast on all of the major platforms to get a very short form podcast uh, where I read the verse of the day from Mr. Phil Ware and his thoughts and we pray together at the end. Most of those episodes are two minutes or less. So it's a very bite-sized portion of God's word, a thought, and a prayer to start your day. Take a look on any major platform that you listen to podcasts for Verse A Day Podcast. Thanks for joining me for the verse of the day for Friday, May 14th, 2021. It's Acts chapter 13, verse 2. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. When people genuinely worship, when they fast, seeking His will, God calls them into service and mission. Christian worship is not an end in and of itself, but it's a launching pad into Christian mission. Don't get so caught up in the worship experience that you leave it at the door when you walk out. Instead, understand that it, it is to inspire you to public worship and service in the world during your everyday life. As you worship with your brothers and sisters, listen for the words of the songs the messages of the scriptures and the conviction of the Holy Spirit on your heart. God may be calling you to a special mission in your world. Let's pray. Father, please help me clearly discern your will and follow your leading while I'm worshiping and fasting. In Jesus' name, amen. <music>